Alrighty, let's get this super happy shit show on the road, shall we? Sure, go for it. Hello and welcome to Tread Lightly, the podcast. Fuck, I've lost my glasses. Oh, for fuck's sake! Sorry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again with feeling. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Tread Lightly, the podcast of two dinosaurs talking about books. We have Raptor over there from Australia and T-Rex from Germany here. Today we're talking about Chasers, the first book in the Alone, I think, trilogy um, by James Phelan. Yeah. <clears throat> Alone. Four teenagers, one destroyed city, thousands of infected predators. Jesse is on a UN ambassador camp in New York when his subway carriage is rocked by an explosion. Jesse and his three friends, Dave, Minnie, and Anna, crawl out from the wreckage to discover a city in chaos. Streets are deserted, buildings are in ruins. Worse, the only other survivors seem to be infected with a virus that turns them into horrifying predators. Outnumbered, no sign of life, just them and you alone. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You're so cool. Yes, yes we are. So I, for once, I actually read the back of the book before I. What? What? Why? Why Fucking with friends. Yeah, so I was a bit unsure about this because out of all the, the fantasy and sci-fi possibilities, zombies are usually not my thing. Um, okay. Well, this is kind of really like zombie zombies. Nobody's after your no. brain here. Yeah, I, I appreciate them not being as zombie as they could have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what did you think? Given that I recommended this book to you, and I found it at a, I believe I got this one at a book fair. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, out of five stars, I'd probably give it a three. Three? Yeah, I'd probably give it a three, too. Although it's, I think it's more interesting the second time around for a read because I was picking up more of the clues that he was putting down. Yeah, honestly, that's that's one of my biggest complaint is that he fucked up the clues. Yeah, why? Because he didn't put enough in it. Like the reveal at the end, the the plot twist, just left me going, well, this is kind of sucky. Like I didn't have I didn't have a great moment in like other media's trying not to spoil anything yet, but um like I didn't have that moment of oh now doesn't this make sense? I was just like okay. So you were surprised by the plot twist. The plot twist finally got you, is what you're saying. It got me, but at the same time I couldn't give less of a fuck about it. Oh okay, well that kind of sucks because reading it again, like I'm. I found that there were those clues there that I clearly missed uh, last time around. Yeah, I mean, I did go back and have a look through a couple of uh, chapters after I was finished because I couldn't remember any clues. And, like, I found a couple of things that slightly hinted at it, but I think he could have done a much better job at it. I... So I, I, my biggest clue, reading it again, 
is is gonna give so much away. So I think we should just like quickly push through. Okay. So, so I enjoyed this, but it, yeah, it's not a strong reading for me. Yeah, I mean, I I liked the premise of it in the beginning. Then I thought the the main bit in the middle was fucking boring, and then it got slightly interesting at the end, and then it just abruptly ended. <laughs> so overall, yeah. I wasn't that pleased. <laughs> All right. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um. So okay. okay. So. If you read the prologue, all of the dialogue, literally all of the dialogue, is in quotes. And then if you read anything outside of the prologue, nobody has any speech-like notations. There's no question marks, really. There's no exclamation marks. There's no quotes around words. There is, like... I, that was the biggest clue that I clearly missed, like, the first time. I mean, I, 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 did, I did get that, but at the same time, I think, firstly, he fucked that up royally, because he still should have used the, the quotation marks whenever Jesse was talking, because clearly he was talking with himself at some point. I don't know that he was necessarily speaking out loud. I think that it all happened in his head. But did he never speak out loud? I find that hard to believe. I think he probably... I think the only time he spoke out loud would have been when he was trying to address his teacher. But, um... And the teacher, like, reacts. But... Yeah, and at the same time, I have to say, it made the reading so much more... Like, it made it a lot harder to read the books because there were no markings whatsoever. I actually found it really bothering when reading it because I did realize that there weren't any quotation marks right in the first chapter because the whole time I was like, why the fuck do the do the people start talking all the time and I have to like jump backwards to realize they're talking because there are no markings. Really? It really yeah, it threw me really off balance and I mine, didn't like it. Mine has like commas. I mean, it. yeah, I'm, I do have commas. I also have... Like it, I have all the all the um all the usual structural markings, but it's just missing the the quotation markings for for whenever somebody's talking. Yeah. Well, the first time I read it, I m- completely skipped over that, like a hundred percent, just to <laughs> because That's I don't hilarious. know if I'm a speed reader or if I just didn't notice. I've read so many like poorly edited books. And like, and I think at that book fair too, I got a couple of the early, early prints of some stuff, which went, meant that they had some mistakes in them. So. Yeah, ironically, that's the one thing that, like, that stood out to me from the beginning because it made it a lot more uncomfortable to read the book because all the time I I had to reread passages because I just it, it fucked me up. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So, in the beginning, we are in the prologue. We are introduced to our four pseudo protagonists. Yes. Um, we have Jesse. We have Dave. We have Minnie, who is who's called Minnie because her name is Min P, P but uh, she 
sculled the drinks out of the mini bar, so she's called <laughs> Minnie, and uh, Anna. Yes. Um, they, as the, the blurb goes through, they're in a subway carriage. Dave is being a dick. Um, but when they get into the subway carriage, there's this massive explosion and they're knocked out for some period of time. I think it's about an hour, um, before Jesse wakes up and they start trying to like head out to the surface. Yeah. And the, the entire story is only told from Jesse's perspective. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it makes things interesting sometimes yeah yeah he has very uh interesting opinions on gang warfare in new york though which (laughs) is an interesting way to start the book that has literally nothing to do with it and yeah i just i had to go and double check that this author was australian because (laughs) i thought that he gave pretty shit descriptions of Australia, which I don't really understand, because he still lives here. Um, Also, he seemed to have been sitting in front of a map of New York for the entire book, and just had (laughs) to show off that he knew where all the streets were. Yeah, it was a bit... I don't know if he wrote the whole book by Googling it, because he didn't actually have to go there, or what. He wrote it on a mad tour of the... (laughs) Of New York, but it, it was interesting, and also, like, ha- we we walked, like, the length of Manhattan, and it is fucking long. Yeah, and I didn't, like, a lot of the time he, he specifically mentions, like, all the street names, and on one page they were planning some kind of route, and he was dropping all the street names and all the corners and everything, and I was just like... I don't know where any of that is. I don't want to look on a map. I don't give a fuck. Just tell me they're heading north or something. Yeah, well, there's a part in the book, too, where he, like, walks a huge section of it. And I'm like, I remember that being, like, hard work. Yeah, Yeah, apparently kids who go to UN uh, conferences are also super fit. Yeah, at least this kid is, although he's skinny and plays football. Not that they give an indication of what football that is, but he's definitely not a linebacker like Dave, because stereotypes. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to know what age this guy wrote the book, because it's interesting. Um, anyway, so, those are our protagonists. We got a little bit derailed. We The train gets derailed, and we have <laughs> yes. to escape the train. Um, they climb out at the back of the train carriage because the back of the back door has been blown off and proceed to climb out of a grate in the subway system that just happens to lead to the sky. I have so many issues with that singular statement, but that's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a very big, oh, um, let's, let's get them out of the tunnel. Oh, uh, plot convenience. I mean, yes and no. I think that you have been subject to it just because you know who, because of what I am and who, what I do, which is like things with trains and subway systems. And it just, it irritates me when this is like, this isn't the Philadelphia network. This is the New York subway. There is a lot of shit to just like 
happen across a way that directly leads you to a road in the middle of downtown Manhattan. And it's not like real deep and you didn't have to climb out of an air grate. Like, I'm just... (laughs) Well, we'll write him a note. Yeah, well, then it'll turn out that he's done, like, shit tons of research and that in this one particular place it is exactly like that and, you know, I'm completely wrong and talking out of my ass because I haven't been there in way too long. No, yeah, you know, fair. I don't want to go back at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, so... I, they I climb like out, not dying. Yeah. They climb out of a grate and Jesse has the realisation that he's probably been unconscious for about an hour um and he's a little bit annoyed that nobody like told him about the lost time and he's like why must clearly have a concussion um as they climb out they notice just how fucking empty new york is like empty and there is a building like collapse not far away from them and there's lots of dead bodies around, and she kind of like standing on the road. Yeah, and it doesn't quite account for the number of people that are not there. Like there are not enough bodies for all of the emptiness, and there is not. Yeah, it's a bit confusing. Everybody's confused. Um, there's a lot of dead people. It's pretty gruesome. Um, and then this building ca- like has been knocked over. And then they notice there's a group of people like down the end of the street. And so they're like, oh, cool. Uh, and then they notice they're all like... Like, well, some of them are have their head up to the sky trying to like drink from a knocked over fire hydrant. And others are trying to like... They seem to be praying with their faces, like, flush to the ground, but then you realise that they're slurping at puddles. Yeah, um, I think that's that's when we, we see the teacher, right? <coughs> yeah, but he's next to a guy who's drinking from another guy. Yeah, because, you know, why not? Clearly all re- the water was, was being used by somebody else. Let's go for the blood. Yeah. So there's just a bunch of real thirsty-ass bitches, um, including their teacher, who, yeah, they're like, oh my god, it's him, and like, shout out to him, and then they're like, oh shit, and then they get chased down, and they run. They run, and then Dave happens to point them into an arcade, they get into the arcade, Dave patches up, no, that's a lie. Dave's barricaded with a bench. Yeah, with a bench. Um, And then they see a car go past with its horn, like, blaring. There's somebody driving, and there's four other people attached to the hood of the car. Yes. The car crashes, and uh, do they drag him out, or do we not see that? We don't see that. We just hear the the noise off into the distance until it gets becomes silent, like it just keeps going. Which makes me hopeful that that person got away, you know? <laughs> sure. Hey, you don't know. Um, so I should mention, too, that we haven't had a lot of character introduction to anybody at this point. 
we don't know a lot about Annie except that she's British, but she was born in India to British parents and then lived in Britain. Um, we know that Min Pei is Taiwanese, not Chinese, because Dave is a bit of a racist dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dave Dave's is American. From Jersey, right? Yeah. Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Because they, oh, right. they try and see his house, right? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah. We don't know a lot about any of them, really. And the girls aren't particularly fleshed out as characters at all. Which to some extent becomes clear when you realise that this whole thing is the perspective of a teenage boy. But still. Yeah. Look, I have female character issues. Um... So, cool. We're in the arcade. And uh, Dave heads from shop to shop trying to test everybody's phone. Because their phones are dead. Um, um, and electricity then, is down as well, right? Yeah, but the emergency <coughs> generators are all running. Because it's every like third light, blo- light globe that's on. Yeah. So um, Dave's doing the whole survival man uh, business of just going around checking the phones and the radio. Yeah. Um, Annie gets a little bit sidetracked but then goes to try and find a um, first aid kit. The She comes back to the first aid kit having like and a bunch of undi- packets of undies or a, like a couple pairs of undies. And then she, like, pours disinfectant on the undies and uses them to blot Jesse's face to try and... Because he has this yes. huge gaping head wound. Um, and Jesse talks about the fact that she was, like, s- extremely rough, as if he was almost doing it himself with, like, just, like, blindly jabbing at his own face, which is a comment that I caught up to on the second read. Um, uh, right. Yeah, um, and then they make some jokes about how large the pairs of undies are. And you know what? I was skinny as a 16-year-old girl, and the size of the undies I wear now would probably have been a hilarious joke to me at the time. You know? I mean, it's, 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 it's teeny humour. I can, I can definitely understand that one. Yeah, but also it's kind of funny to have your, like, medic... Uh, using underwear to blot your face. Yeah, especially since they probably would have had something else around as well, if they would have looked. Yeah, I think she did it on purpose. Well, did she do it on purpose? It's a good question. Um, yes. So from there, they decide that they want to head to the Rockefeller Center and get up to the observation deck just to see if they can see anything that's going on. Because there's a lot of noise and they don't understand what the problems are. (coughs) Um, Yeah. And, like, a lot of, like, huge buildings have just fucking collapsed onto the street. Yeah. And pileups of cars everywhere and it's just fucking mess. Right, so they're going to head to the Rockefeller 
sent her to the observation deck. Um, yes. We have an interaction, right? On our trip over to the Rockefeller Center? Um, we, 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 get, we have a contact with more of the chases then, don't we? Sorry, or do we decide what they called at that point? Um, I, um, I think they... I think they decide on the name uh, later on, maybe. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure anymore. But I definitely like the scene of them going. Ah, oh, we should find a name for it. <laughs> and just bawling around names, <laughs> like, hmm, maybe we could call them the sick, the infected. Yeah, I, I thought just, all of that was kind of stupid. I look. I feel like I've. I grew out of it. I mean. I definitely thought it would have been hilarious if they would have stuck with the thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I also very much liked Minnie's idea of the assholes. <laughs> look, <laughs> there's look an asshole behind you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it would have given the book something, some something of a nice twist, I think. But yeah. It's fine. So they, they also, while they're in the arcade, sorry, they do have a kind of grand discussion about why there is no police officers, firemen, um, National Guard, or anything. And then they kind of, like, agree that it must be a terrorist attack. So, like, chemical weapons and... Um, yeah, there's, there's spitballing a lot of ideas of CIA conspiracies and everything around... Yeah. And Dave being sure that it must have been the Russians. Yes, Dave is 100% on it being the Russians, and Minnie is on board with it being the Chinese, and she's trying to make it very clear to Dave that she is not Chinese. Taiwan <laughs> is its own thing, and it was definitely the Chinese. And Anna's just like, terrorists. It's just terrorists. Yeah. When was this book published? Oh, 2010. Hey, we're first edition. Nice. Um, yeah, well, I'm not surprised. Freaked it up, remember? Uh, so, yeah. And yeah. so it's so, 10 years after a terrorist attack. So it's the terrorist attack. The terrorist attack. Um, cool. Oh, so I remember what the incident was when they were going over to the Rockefeller Center. Oh, alright. They uh, find the fire truck. Yes, they do. And they get he. That's where he gets the fireman's jacket. And Dave ends up with an axe and the proper first aid kit and the big first aid kit. Um. Yeah, they're also looking through like police cars and everything. That's just standing outside the Rockefeller Center. Uh, I think that's later on that they go back and check for cars. Oh, okay. Because they, this is the first day that they get there. And sorry, this is also when we see the guy in the car. Who's like mm. hurtling along. Yeah. And then, yeah. luckily, we don't have any electricity anymore. <laughs> so only now did it dawn on me that, yeah, that's a fucking tall building. It's 70 floors. Yes. Which I would have not been able to climb in the amount of time it took them. Um, it takes them like all day or like all afternoon. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I was just given up after I don't know thirty floors. 
Yeah, but look, he's clearly made of sterner stuff than you. Yes, definitely. They decide to climb up with the generator. Yes, and the generator from the fire a truck. gas bottle. Yeah, the generator from the fire truck. The gas, the spare gas bottle, and a bunch of other like equipment. Right. So he and Dave are supposedly carrying the generator, and um, Minnie and Anna are supposedly carrying the gas bottle. But he talks about like he feels like. He feels like he's been carrying it all himself, and he wonders whether or not Dave is even, like, carrying any of the weight of the, um, (laughs) thing. Yeah, Yeah. any of the weight of it. He feels like he's carried each individual part himself. Like, "Uh, okay, okay. Anyway, and it takes them all afternoon. And then, um, once they get up there, Minnie, like, goes to the bar Makes gets herself a coke. Dave disappears off into the kitchens, and Anna is just like wandering through the place. I find Anna very snooty. Yes, she definitely is. Yeah. Even though she's like the closest we get to a love interest. No, I would say that Minnie is the more of the love interest. She's in his bed. Yeah, but he never actually like the. The closest we get is towards the end where he says that he's seen Minnie look at him the way that he looks at Anna. And that um, he knows he that she that likes him. Mm-hmm. He mentions that in the, in the subway at the start of the book. Uh, at the end of it, he, he also has a part in it where he says that um, it's like in the last or almost last chapter where he says that he noticed her looking at him the way he looks um, at Anna and that he knew from the first day that she liked him. And yet, whenever he, like, mentions something romantically, it's always, oh, Anna, and her lips, and she kissed him at all. Oh, yeah, and her eyes and her eyelashes, yeah. Anyway, they have ice cream for dinner on this night. <laughs> yes, after they finally make it up all the way. Yeah. And they also, they started out with a lot of spare gas bottles. But the girls said they couldn't carry them anymore and they left them, I think, halfway up. Yeah, the 50th floor or something. Yeah. Which makes you wonder how Dave was attempting to carry a fucking generator and 15 bottles of gas. It's not 15 bottles, it's just one bottle that's 15 liters. Or it's 15 gallons. Yeah, but still, that's like a lot. Not just in weight, but also in arms you need for that. Technically, Dave doesn't do it by himself. No. Until later in the book. Um, so we wake up and they're staring at the skyline and basically it's just really fucking cloudy, which doesn't help them see what's going on at all. Uh, and they go out to the observation deck and you try and use the binoculars, which doesn't make any sense to me, right? Because you have to pay like a quarter to use them for like 20 minutes or like two minutes or something like yeah, yeah, I was I was slightly annoyed at that bit too. Was, mm, yeah, free binoculars. Which you never you went there, to? did you, James? <laughs> and it's not just New York. Did you go to any observation deck ever? No, the ones around the Vatican City were much cheaper. 
Yeah, but you still have to pay for anything. Like, I, I've never been to an observation deck where they had free binoculars. One day, when we have a castle, we'll make an observation deck with free binoculars. Yes, um, I like that. To look at the castle, not like the view from the castle. You will stare at us, because we're... Yeah, of course. We're not going to have strangers come up to our castle. That'd be weird. Would indeed. Okay, cool. So... They're all looking around, and Dave is gazing off towards Brooklyn, trying to see what happened to his family. They basically find that, like, the fuck tons of the bridges seem to be knocked over, um, so they can't really get out of Manhattan easily. Roosevelt Island is, like, on fire. Um, and then <laughs> it's they, just fucking burning. Yeah, it's just burning. Uh, and then there's a small explosion somewhere east of Central Park, and they get to watch as a multi-story car park falls. Uh, and they're like, oh, it's so small, but it's got to have been, like, at least 20 stories tall. Sorry, it's a multi-story apartment building, not a multi-story car park. Yeah, which must have been terrifying just to watch a gigantic building like that collapse. Especially when you're in a gigantic building yourself. Yeah. Look, I have so many issues with just, like, the height of things. And I like buildings that are never going to be more than maybe five stories tall. Five is probably the upper limit of something I comfortably live in. Um, Anyway. Then they set up their own little, like, barricades. They put a bunch of glass bulbs in front of the doorway. Like, they do in the Home Alone movies. They make some Home Alone references. They have a good yarn. They plan to um, cook up all the food in the restaurant. Or not all the food in the restaurant, but, like, start with the food in the restaurant. um, And then uh, find a TV, fix find out how the generator works, try and do the internet things, and find some DVDs. So that, that's yeah. the end of the next day. But basically a lot of looting of the apartments below. Yeah, and that's basically what happens for the next few days, is they just, like, loot the apartments in and around them. Um, Dave finds a gun, as does Jesse, but Jesse doesn't take the gun, Jesse leaves the gun. Whereas Dave takes the gun and shows it off to everybody that he's found a gun. Because, you know, he knows how to handle a Glock. Because his uncle, like, taught him how to shoot. You know, his uncle, the war vet. Um, Yeah, because he's very American. Very stereotypical American. Yeah. Um, Which may come into play later. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then we have a lot of... (sighs) Then we go back downstairs and Dave is taking his gun and Jesse has a gun too but Jesse's like keeping it in the waistband of his pants because he's a cool cat and Dave is like holding it down by his side because he's a real badass um, honestly the when when we were told that he's having it stuck in his pants the entire time I just he's heard he's got to shoot himself in the butt cheek yes no, no the entire time I just heard uh, Moody basically going you got to get your butt cheek being blown off with that. Yeah, sticking the wand in your in your robe pocket. Um, yes. Yes. 
So they head back downstairs just to try and, like, see what's going on. And this is where they find out the cop car in front of their building has the keys in the ignition, no one around, and um, it's got a full tank of gas. Yeah, they tried to start it up, and it actually still works, so... Yeah, so they start a different car. I would just want to try to get out of there. (laughs) Yeah, um, so I think they probably would have been on that track too, except that they run into a chaser who basically makes a move for them and they try and wave him off and they try and wave him off and communicate with him and then Dave shoots him in the head. No, Dave shoots him in the gut and then the um, chaser falls over and starts trying to drink from his own wound because he's bleeding on the ground. Yeah, which just... mm. Yeah, and then Dave shoots him in the head like three times. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, and this is where Dave gets broken inside. He changes from a boy into a man. Which just weird analogy. Uh, I mean, I would probably not react well to shooting something either. I did not react well to having to kill a rat that my dog half ate and was still alive. And I mean, not reacting well to it is fair enough. But the whole the the whole portrayal of Mm, you grow up by killing things. Uh, I don't know. It was a bit odd. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, cool. So, uh, Dave kills a zombie. Dave has a crisis. Everybody races, scampers back upstairs, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. Dave has a crisis of self. Anna tries to help him with a crisis of self. And they have a moment. Um, and Jesse's getting jealous. Jesse gets a bit jealous. Uh, then I think we have another day of just like bumming around the in the apartment or in the observation deck, um, and then they go to sleep. Oh, they manage to set up some mattresses so they all have like their own makeshift beds. And then Minnie uh, sneaks into Jesse's bed in the middle of the night, but they just sleep. And when they wake up, Dave's in a really good mood. So is Anna. Da, da, da. Dave, has, Dave has done all this stuff and like hoisted all this. Um, all the jerry cans up to the, oh, sorry, the, what are they, what are gas canisters up to the roof, and he's done all this stuff, and, like, readjusted this, and he's like, I'm gonna go on a mission to, like, scout the bridges, and um, Jesse notices them all, like, how, like, Dave and Anna are now, like, a thing, but also, like, they're really in with Minnie, because she's, like, really good friends with both of them, and he's like, I'm such an outsider. I'm such an outsider. I'll go. You guys stay here. Dave, you'd be much better protecting the girls. You know, because you're so macho. Um, yeah, also yeah. that it also sounds a bit like um, like the way he's describing it, the way um, Anna looks like, looks really frightened when Dave says he wants to go out exploring, and she's like, no, you can't leave us, you're too important, and kind of, in a way, suggesting that Jesse is definitely less <laughs> important and more the sacrificial lamb, and seeming really relieved when Jesse said, oh, no, I'll go, and Dave can stay here with you. <laughs> so, yeah. great Anna, really great Anna. Yeah, I have comments on this that we can get to later, but just remind me. Um, okay. Yes, so Jesse going 
well, I'm going to be a superhero now. I'll go out and I'll scout and it'll be great. Which, uh, well, um, I think it's then that Dave also shows him how to shoot, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that was before they went down the first time um, and he put the gun in his waistband. Yeah, okay. Well, at any rate, Dave is giving him some helpful instructions and yeah, some man make like hits. a plan. Yeah, they, uh, they draw up a route on a map. Yeah. They have to draw on all the things that they at least can see with those incredibly free binoculars <laughs> that are already like toppled over in the streets that are that aren't passable anymore because I think they agreed from the beginning that he's gonna take one of the cars that still work. Yeah, and drive as far as he can and then turn around and like potentially walk the next bit. Um Yeah. See if he can find any bridges that are still crossable. Yeah, basically. Uh, so he does that. He does exactly what he says. And he has, like, a bit of introspection on the way about feeling left out from his friends. Um, and then he has some mishaps driving because, you know, he's the world's best driver. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets into a point where he's, like, he has to, like, drive through somewhere super narrow and he's, like, super scared about having to, like, reverse out of there if the chases come. Yeah. And so he's like, well, I could just, like, back it out now and then, like, drive all the way around. And he's like, no, don't be stupid. Like, where we need to get to is just there. So we just climb this rubble and go on foot and don't worry about it. Um. I mean, also, it is it is winter and it's described that snow is falling a lot of the time. So I don't know what conditions those roads were in, but it doesn't sound like ideal for a 16-year-old to drive around in. No, but if he's Australian, he would have been driving around for... Well, it depends where he's from. He would have been driving for about three months if he was from um, uh, Canberra and from his 16th birthday if he was from New South Wales. Yeah, but then... I First of all, only been driving for three months isn't, like, great. And then in icy, snowy conditions is definitely not ideal. <laughs> No, because there are no icy, snowy conditions in Australia for him to practice in. Yes, exactly. And I can tell you that it's terrifying the first time you do it. <laughs> um, somebody who was driving for years before they actually had to deal with snow driving. It's terrifying. Um, right, yes, cool. So, that. And then we climb over the great mountain thing, talking about how much we miss the heater in the car and... Uh, he finds another, he goes past another cop car, and he, like, starts sticking all the wipers up on cop cars that have, or, like, cars that have their petrol in them, and, um, the keys in the ignition, just in case. Yeah, which was a nice idea. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good idea. He managed to get, gets a Kevlar vest out of the back of the police car, and something else? I don't know. Mm, I mean, was it a Kevlar vest, though? Yeah, it was definitely Kevlar. Because Dave was wearing Kevlar earlier and then he just tries to emulate Dave. Um, yeah, climbs over the giant mountain, basically notices that all of the bridges are collapsed. You can't get out. You're yes, going to have to head north. Yes, which is quite the bummer. Yeah, um, and then the snow's getting worse. Kind of sucks. 
Uh, he's getting wet and uncomfortable. Um, getting he darker. Make, yeah. He makes it back to the car, and then he's like, I don't want to drive alone in the nighttime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's worried about the, um, the lights on the car, right? That they might attract the chasers, and then he leads them back to the apartment or something? Well, first, first, we have that fucking encounter with a bear in New York yes. City. A polar bear. Which, if that isn't a delusion and a half, I don't know what is. A polar bear I mean, in New York City? Moving probably, a bin out of his way. I mean, I wouldn't he be surprised if it's a... I wouldn't be surprised if it escaped from, from um, the zoo or something. Yes, fair. But also, like, it literally moves the bin. It moves the bin, and then... It moves out of his way. They have, like, a moment. He throws fruit at it in the snow, and it just leaves. It's a polar bear. I mean, if it is a polar bear from captivity, they probably react differently than one in the wild would. Still, there is a meat pouch that's throwing fruit at you. Mm, yeah, but then there's so many corpses lying around. I'm pretty sure it's not a hungry polar bear. Fine. Maybe. It still moved the bin out of the way, and I'm annoyed about that. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Yeah. So, polar bear doing lots of polar bearing. Um, although it would have been a much cooler scene if it would have just been at the harbor like, catching fish to get real stereotype here. But, yeah, well. Um, yes, so, after his great rescue help, we have Jesse making his way Downtown. back out of... Face passing him Yes, probably dramatically singing Alicia Keys in the car. Um, Is that Alicia Keys? Wasn't it? I have no idea. Um, no, no, I don't think it was. Oh, I have no idea. Some kind of woman doing some smaltzy, maltzy songs. Um, yes, he's getting back to the apartment eventually. I'm not sure if anything exciting happened on the way. Probably not if I can't remember. And he, well, pretty much comes back with bad news. It's just, well, all the bridges are fucked off and... A lot of roads are blocked off more than we thought, and there are some cars that we could still use, but overall, not great, not great. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning that he also has a run-in with the chaser, and oh, truth. Um, yes. he teaches the chaser how to open drink bottles. Yes, which was just super weird. Yeah, he basically just gives him his water bottle. Yeah. I mean, also, at some point, they were, um, when they were all up on the observation deck, they saw that out um, out at the harbor, there were a huge, huge number of uh, chasers, just all of them attempting to drink the the ocean water. And yeah. then and over time, they slowly moved inwards. Yeah, so Dave commented that they probably wouldn't be there for long when they realized that they weren't getting any of the moisture. It's too salty and dirty. So they'll probably start heading inland towards the the ponds in Central Park, which is what they do. 
pretty much. Yeah. And yes, so we we have him come back home with bad news. And he doesn't tell anyone about the incident with the chaser either. Nope. And we, I think then we just have, again, like a couple of days of not really much happening. And I does a lot of reading. Many likes it watching TV. TV. Yeah. Dave's yeah, pondering does, over maps. Yeah, and sets up the perimeter things. He does more perimeter things, and Jesse complains that he's always tired. Yes. How strange. Um, yeah. Then I think next we have Dave wanting to go on a mission. Um, at least I don't think anything happens in between. Um, I think they decide, they decide to go north, don't they? They decide to just leave. That they can't stay there any longer. Or at least not for much longer. Um, yeah, probably. And then at some point, Dave decides he now needs to go on a mission too, and he needs to see if, if like, if there are still boats and stuff at the coastline, and if they could leave from there. Yeah, I. I don't know why they're so keen on getting on a boat when none of them can sail. I think mainly because they're terrified that they get attacked in a car, like that one guy they saw on the first day, and. The chasers probably couldn't get to a boat because they don't seem to be quite high-functioning enough to swim. Yeah. Um, yes, so boat idea becomes popular. And then one day Dave goes out on his mission. And I think while he's gone, they set up um, they set up um, help on top, of the, on top of the observation deck in case anyone flies over. Yeah, uh, they with paint that they found in somebody's room, right? Yeah, and they also prep, um, prep some linens and stuff. I think soaked in in petrol in case they need to light a fire. Yeah, they want to be super obvious if somebody um, flies overhead. The rescue mission that never comes, basically. Yeah, well, they saw a jet go overhead on the first day. Yeah, true. And, yeah, I think Dave is out for even for one and a half days or something. He's gone for quite a long time. Yeah, long enough that they all start freaking out. Yes. And then he comes back and he's like, ooh, it's all, it's all looking good all the way to the harbor. And I can't remember, did he say that he didn't run into anybody or... Was that just um, assumed? He didn't, yeah, he didn't see anyone. Mm, okay. That, what did you see? Cars, bodies, a building come down. As he spoke, I could see my own memories play in my mind like a movie. A movie of destruction and death and not a lot else. Very gloomy. Yeah. Um, yes. So, we have him being back there and they kind of... Like, they all agree that they need to leave, but at the same time, they have everything they need in abundance where they are. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it, it, it's a back and forth of should we leave or should we stay. 
and a lot of wonderings about what might be beyond the city limits or even the country's limits. Um, Especially we also... because nobody Sorry. came yet, like no troops or anything have come into the city, which seems kind of odd. So there's a lot of debating there going on. Yeah, I I would also like to to point out that uh, Jesse notes that um, uh, Dave had told us stories about his day and a half outside. They were mostly boring and tended to go nowhere. So after a while, I left him and went up to the roof to get some air. Part of me just suspected he'd been hiding in the stairwell for the whole time. His bag looked exactly the same, as if he hadn't eaten any of the food or used anything. Where was the proof of what he'd actually seen? Had he lied about going out? Anyway. Yeah. So just more confusion. Yes. Um, yeah. So we have that. And then I think we have that strange scene where, I mean, they, they continue the, the looting of the apartments going um, down level by level and we reach I think level 59 and Jesse's going through through one of the apartments that he didn't like that he missed last time somehow and it has this this old um, this old study with an um, typewriter and shit in it yeah like fancy old desk and a typewriter and all that and he finds a a hidden room. Um, I think it has no handle, right? It's it's somehow like blending into the into the apartment, and he decides that there must be something important behind it, and tries to break into it. And the next thing he re- remembers is just waking up in his bed again. Yeah, there's a giant bang that wakes him wakes him up. Yeah, and then we. And he's like really confused and he's talking with Dave about that office and Dave says he was in there and that there's nothing in there and that he should leave it be. Yeah. And yeah, that was really confusing, I thought. And then we completely ignore all of that for another, I don't know, random set of days where nothing happens. Yeah, and Dave goes off on adventures again. Yes. And he gets weirded out by the whole thing. Um, and then he decides to go back to the C apartment, doesn't he? Jesse, yeah. Um, yeah, so eventually Jesse goes back to the apartment, needing to look at it. Yeah. And um, he, finds a, he finds a note in the typewriter. Um, I don't have the passage here right now, but it's about basically being all alone. Oh, it's the Edgar Allan Poe poem, Alone, right? Ah, right, yes. Um, yeah, right from the beginning. Um, and he once again wants to open that door, but then Dave shows up and basically goes, leave it be, you don't want to know what's behind there, you already know what's behind there, we're not going to go there. And once again, confusing scene. But Jesse eventually agrees and leaves with Dave. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's right before they actually finally leave the damn tower. Because I they've decided you. that they have to get out of the city and they have to find out if there's anything beyond the city limits, if there's anyone alive. And yes, that, that thought crossing either his mind or one of the others, that maybe on the boat he could even cross the ocean and maybe get home or something. Um, yeah, sorry, I completely missed that bit. It's it's somewhere in there, but... Yeah, so they finally... I know they talk about the life of Pi. <laughs> yes. Yes, he, Anna gave him that book, and apparently his dad was reading it to him when he was nine or ten, and he's he's reading it to the others. Yeah. And then the day comes, and he can't leave. He's, he's lying in bed. The others come one after the other to him, trying to talk him into getting up because they have to leave now, but he just is refusing to get out of bed, basically. Yeah, which is really weird. Is it, is it because he's sick, do you think? I think it's mostly because he's managed to survive with, like some amount of comfortability in that tower and now he has to leave which could very well mean his death in the end so I think the struggle is just really catching up with him but at any rate he's like feeling a strange um, like painful throat wondering if he might become a chaser now yeah um, which would have been a fun He's got thing. coronavirus! <laughs> dum dum dum! Plot twist, it's coronavirus once again! Um, yes, but then... I, I don't know what was the, the actual turning point for him to finally get up and leave. Don't they see lights in New Jersey? Oh, yes. That's what it was. Yeah, so see, he's up, up on the observation deck. Um... And he all of a sudden sees um, lights turning on in New Jersey. The only state you have to pay to leave. <laughs> yes. And also, interestingly, just a tiny amount of New Jersey that got electricity back by the sound of it. Yeah, and then they stay up all night just watching New Jersey. <laughs> yes. Oh, the beauty of New Jersey. Please take that statement back. Um, yeah. And then next day they finally leave, deciding they have to get to New Jersey to those survivors and imagining a camp of people welcoming them and all that sort of stuff. It all gonna be great. And, yeah, they leave. They make their way... No, wait, they, t- they take one of the cabs, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think they they grab one of the cabs that still has the key and enough gas, and they... Oh, no, it's an SUV. Oh, okay, I thought they were in a cab first. Oh, never mind. No. Um, yeah, so they drive... Do they have an encounter with the chasers first? 
like pretty much as soon as they come out of the building, there's like six chasers that attack them, and they make those weird monkey noises. Oh, okay, I thought that was on a different point. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, which was really weird. Like one of them, one of them sees uh, sees them, makes a strange yeah monkey noise to the others, and they are the the other ones repeat it back to him. And then they were about to leave, but then he kind of notices Jesse, runs towards him, falls, starts bleeding, and the others immediately attack him. Yeah. It's just a really bonkers scene. But, yeah, as they're attacking him, I think they make their grand escape. Yeah, he basically saves Jesse's life. Yeah, in an odd way. And that's when they make some of their way in the car. I'm not sure, did they have an accident in the end? Or why did they abandon the car? Uh, I just don't think it turned on. And then, so, because he, like, crawls through the SUV to get to the other side when he's, like, escaping from them. And then he's like, why are my friends abandoning me? And they're, like, up the street trying to, like, hurry him along by, like, silently making eye contact. Ah, yeah. Uh... Yes, and then they, he cuts, like, his hands pretty badly. Yeah. He he manages to catch up with them, and they run um, until they get into, an, uh, into a cafe where he's washing his hands and bandaging them, and this time Anna isn't doing it. She's just watching him do it himself. Yeah, and she and, doesn't offer to help. Yeah, and he, like, starts shouting at them really angrily. That he doesn't care if they if they come with him or not, he's gonna make his way alone too. And he shouts at Dave that he wasn't he didn't, he go didn't even to go, the post yeah, because otherwise he would have known that that one road was blocked and everything. And yeah, he gets really mad and like storms out. Yeah, and there we have I think like one or two scenes where he like it said that. The others are gone, and then two sentences later, they're back. Yeah, they're just standing there. Yeah, so it, it got a bit... The hints got a bit heavier in that passage. But then he... Yeah, he starts making his way towards the coastline, right? Uh, yeah, oh, they walk the through Central Park, don't they? Yeah, they walk through the bottom of Central Park. Yeah. Manhattan. Where we have a lot more chases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're and all drowning. Well, not drowning. They're all dying of thirst. They're thirsty beaches. Yes. And we have Jesse coming to that strange point of, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to save you all. Yes. He just uh, get, it gets, all gets a bit weird. Yeah, delusional at this point, I'd say. Yeah. He, yeah, so he, he wants to save them and buy them some time because they're being chased by so many. So he basically goes, you guys keep running, I'm going to distract them. And he he takes off the bandages on his hands to show the chasers his blood to get their attention and starts running um, in, in a different direction, I think, to lead them away from the others. Which completely yeah, but we, pointless. Don't we also see the... We see some, like, jets and stuff, right? We see, like, actual signs yeah. of life. 
Yeah, as he's running away, I think three three jets are flying overhead or something. Something like that, yeah. And he's trying to to shout at them and stuff, but obviously that's kind of pointless. And I'm not sure if it was while he's running away or while he was in one of the alleyways on his way. Um, but I think it's next that we get the explanation about what's been going on in his head. Oh, uh, don't we get the boy first? Mm, yeah. No, yeah. While he's running away, right? Yeah. He's a group of, of um, chasers drinking. And one yeah. of them is the, the boy but that he... He's drinking the water from... A, yeah, he's drinking from not the same water bottle, but a different water bottle. And they, they're all like... <sighs> healthier? They, like, wave at him, and he waves, like, they waved. They waved. I will never know if it was a hello wave or a goodbye wave, but they were drinking from bottles, they had fire, and they waved. Yeah, it's just so, especially because they had fire. Like, they're they're getting better. They're burning things now, drinking water, and they can wave. Yeah, they're recovering, right? Yeah, it's just, it was such a weird scene, I... Honestly, I wasn't sure if it was all in his head or if it actually happened. Because it seemed a lot like wishful thinking. I mean, yes and no. I I don't know why he would fabricate that story. Well, obviously because he wants all of the monsters to get better because then they wouldn't be monsters anymore and maybe everything could go back to normal. Yeah, maybe. But I, I don't know. It was really fucking weird and then as he continues to to run away i think at some point he's dodging into a, an alleyway or something and sees his reflection in a in a shop window and i think at that point he does like overthinking about the past days and we get the info that actually there's nobody no fucking buddy except for me. Yeah, him. well, he could. He looked back trying to, like, see them run in the opposite direction and he couldn't see them. Yeah. And, I don't know. The I mean, the reveal wasn't done that badly. It's just that I couldn't give less of a fuck about it. It was just, oh, great. So none of them were real. This changes nothing whatsoever. And it just, I don't know, it seemed really a waste of a plot twist to me. But, yeah. Um, so yes, he goes, he goes a bit through what happened again, right? That he woke up alone in the, in the tunnels. Yeah, and, and that Dave never out. finished his joke. Yeah, and that's why he couldn't finish the joke later on when he imagined Dave telling it. Yeah. And then he talks about, like, serving them dinner and then scraping their dinner into the bin and, like... And ignoring He's the one that killed a man. Yeah, Yeah. and that's why he was so confused about that. Like, when he needs to be brave, he was basically being Dave. And when he was... um, So when, like, things needed to get done... And it's why he had such issues with the 
firing a bullet in apartment um, 59C is because he's dealing with the fact that, like, he needed to be brave, something happened to him. I think, pretty sure he got a ricocheted bullet wound or something, and that's why he had, he couldn't, like, get out of bed, right? He couldn't do anything, is because I think he had ricochet wounds. I don't know, but it, it, it confused me to know and that he never managed to get into the, like, that we still didn't get an actual answer what's behind the door in that apartment. I'm going to say it's somebody's panic room and he's shot himself and maybe his wife and kids. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be something along those lines, but I really thought that would give that a reveal the second time it was brought up. Because it's the, out of all the things that happen that don't mean shit, that's the one thing that seemed to have some kind of significance in the story. And then it was just yeah. dropped again. Well, maybe we'll have to go watch the second, or read the second book, or the third book, to figure out what happens. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But basically, we get the reveal, and then the book is just over. That's it. That's it. Done. And that was very abrupt, I thought. Yeah. And then my second thought was, oh, I'm not going to come back for the next one. Yeah, look, having had the book from the beginning, I haven't read the second one either. Um. It's just, I, I don't know, I, it, it didn't get me invested into the character or the story enough that I care what happens in the next one. So it's just, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's not a bad read, it's not a difficult read, but it also has just so many passages that are hella boring and nothing happens and I had to push myself to keep reading. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard work, um, and it does get a little bit boring. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but um, yeah, I just think that he, even your imagine your even your imaginary friends, right, hang yeah. out with each other without you. That whole period of him like going for an explore by himself, like that was because your own imaginary friends were hanging out without you. Yeah, that was just fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so what what issues did you have with the with Anna? Oh, um, I just that she wasn't a fully fleshed out character that, which is because she's in his head and that's what teenage boys think of girls. But also, I just found her really irritating and quite pretentious. But again, look, teenage boys think of teenage girls, and you know. So on and so forth. Yeah. But true. It's just... Uh, it was just so stereotypical, the characters, too. Yeah. Like there's a lot the of playing of stereotypes, and... yeah. So, yeah. But uh, well, we, we're right we on the money with our reviews, too. Everyone else on Goodreads is kind of giving it, like, a got an average rating of like three and a bit yeah i'm not surprised it's you know it's not a terrible book but it also has not that much to make it stand out yeah yeah i think he must have been really young when he wrote this like 2010 Uh, let's see how old is he you can cut this loading time. 
Jesus Christ, he's 41. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to be, like, so 18 he was 13 when he when wrote, he wrote, the wrote the it. Yeah. <laughs> so he just has no idea how teenagers work? Is, is um, that it? I don't know. Maybe just his foray into a zombie novel, zombie kids novel, didn't really work out. He mostly seems to write. No, look, he writes for teens predominantly. So. Oh. And well, thrills. I'm not going to read the other ones then that he writes for teenagers. Yeah. We will stick to vampire fiction only, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it would have been a better book, I, like. I may not like the whole zombie genre, but if it would have been a good zombie book, I would be the first to admit it and would be fine with it. Like, I do like the idea that they're super thirsty and not just the the boring idea of, mm, we're going to eat your brains. Yeah, so I, I think I it, was, like it was a good aspect. way of doing it. And that they aren't particularly interested until, like, somebody is obviously liquid. Like, yes. Like, oh. There's juicy things inside people. How practical. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Mm, yeah. Look, my rating remains the same based on this whole drama. <laughs> um, yeah, same. It's it's a solid three. It's it's not bad, but it's also not amazing. It's It's okay. It can be read. Yeah, I mean, it's not a difficult read. I knocked it out the first time in, uh, like, a day. And this time I did it this afternoon. So I don't think it's yeah, particularly so challenging. Although I do seem to read, like, five times faster than anybody else. It's getting really annoying. I need to stop reading so fast because I'm keeping, like, read this and then, like, pulling it away when I think people should be done and then they're not. Anyway. Yeah, that, that, that's a dick move, not gonna lie. I just expect people to be done quicker than they are, just because you guys are slow. No, it's the other way around, mate, because you're fast. You're in the minority here. Yeah, just get good. <laughs> no. Like, it's not the easiest thing to learn to speed read, and I have a shit ton of other things I technically need to learn, so not going to be first priority I'm afraid I didn't even learn it on purpose it just happened because I get really excited <laughs> okay well I'll get myself some ADHD and we'll get cracking that's not how that works I don't have ADHD I'm not easily distracted no but I, I don't think I can change the way I get excited so I'm gonna have to do it a different way you just get some Adderall, and then you'll just, like, supremely focus on the task. I oh, could do. Although I'm not sure... Well, I'm not even sure if they prescribe Adderall here for the same purposes as in the US. Yeah. Look, like, when we go back, we'll get some. It's fine. <laughs> sure, we'll put it on the list. Mm. Alrighty. Well, people, go out there, read the book. Now that you know the ending, with much excitement... Uh, you could pick up on all the clues that I clearly didn't. Look, I got more of them the second time around. I started having doubts when we around when Dave in the backpack issue was the first time around, where he didn't eat any food in the backpack. Yeah. 
Anyway. But yeah, go and see if you can spot any more of those clues. Let us know what you thought. Comments down below. Likes and reviews anywhere else. Yeah. Like and subscribe, all that nonsense that you know how to internet, so... Do all the social medias. You guys know how it works. Don't pretend like you don't know where the button is. You know where the fucking button is. Yeah, treadlightlypod.com you can contact us on our website, treadlightlypod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Love to hear from you. Leave a comment on any of our YouTube videos or uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, I think it's called now. Yeah, God knows. Use that app on your iPhone. It'll know what to do. And you can join us next week as we review... I think it's inked, isn't it? Ink. Possibly. I don't ink. know. Ink, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's ink next week. We'll see. Alright, cool. Ink. We shall right. see how we go with the next fucking teenage novel. God damn it. I will get you to read some hi-fi. Some high sci-fi. <laughs> sure. Well, go, go on our website and maybe get us to read a a decent zombie book if you have one. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to buy a review and make... If you found a book that's worse than Across the Universe and you want us to review that and me to be absolutely distraught, you can do that on our website. 